All right. Is that better? All right. Yeah, it's been four years, right before COVID hit. And uh, that was a, uh, a wonderful gift from China. And uh, I want to just thank them this morning for that. I mean, God gave me the, the gift of eternal life 39 years ago today. My, my wife and I got saved. And uh, I was 37 and a half years old, and I didn't have any clue what was going on, but I knew nine months later, we surrendered to be missionaries in Australia, and uh, five years and seven weeks after I got saved, I was on the field of Australia, was able to plant two churches, one of them just turned 20, uh, 23, the other turned 33, So, uh, and they're both going strong, as strong can be, and out of that... Um, but the one thing that, uh, the, one of the very first things I taught them when I got there was faith, promise, missions, giving. Someone went, and I may have said this last time I was here, you didn't start that possum ranch, did you? No, sir. No, I, I mean, you could have made a lot of money out of that. But anyway, uh, last time I said, you know, the, the best way to kill a Baptist is shoot him in the wallet. Because that's nobody likes to uh, talk about money, but this is one of the most important things that you can get involved in. In fact, there's no uh, right now. There's more missionaries coming home from the field than there are going. Amen. And the reason for that, we had to retire in uh, 2011. We had uh, we had gone back. We'd just been over two years after our, our last furlough. And that's when the dollar just fell. Instead of getting a dollar fifty per every American dollar, we were paying a dollar forty-five to get one Australian dollar. And to give you an idea, even back then, uh, four weeks' rent over there was eighteen hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, so we got starved out. And and on top of that, we had a lot of churches drop us because the economy went down. The goal of this is to keep you involved so these fellows can stay on the field. Um, story about the well-worn dollar bill and a similarly, similarly, you know, you can say that, distressed $50 bill arrived at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing to be retired. As they moved along the conveyor belt to the shredder, they struck up a conversation. The 50 reminisced about all his travels all over the world. He said, I've had a pretty good life. I've been to Las Vegas. I've been to Atlantic City. I've been to the finest restaurants in New York and performances in Broadway. Wow, said the single dollar. You've really gotten around. So tell me, says the 50, where have you been out through your lifetime? Oh, I've been to the Methodist Church, the Baptist Church, the Church of Christ. Then the 50 says, what's a church? <laughs> so uh, the goal here is, again, we're raising money for missionaries, not for the church. Amen. What we're raising today, it's, it's a, I'm going to promise you something. If you'll get involved in this, you will never, I have never had one person Say, come back to me and say, I regret what I, by getting involved in faith promised. In fact, I told them in Australia, it was a, that's a new concept. Over there, they had never heard anything about it. I, I was able to teach faith promise in uh, dozens of churches over there because they had never heard of it before. And uh, so a lot of them would say to me, I, I, 
I don't know. I don't know, brother. I don't know if this will work. And what I told him, I says, I'm going to tell you right now, if, if you really believe that, we'll keep track of your missions giving. And at the end of the year, if you don't get it all back plus some, we'll give you all your money back. Guess how many people took me up on that offer? Or guess how many got involved and didn't claim it? Because they all got it back. Faith promise does work. Um, Philippians chapter 4, very familiar chapter, and it's un, it, this chapter is misunderstood and, and it's really mistaught a lot of times. Uh, let me read um, verses 10 through 23. And, it, this, and it's so familiar, it's not funny. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in the respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Every, everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate, communicate with my affliction. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated. Now, that, if you want to write above that word, a lot of people think that's, they mean you talk to them. Well, they didn't have phones and things that days. Communicated there was monetarily give to him. Uh, as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. That explains it right there. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once again and once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Paphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God." But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Father. Thank you for this opportunity to teach faith promise once again. There may be people here today that uh, they don't uh, need faith promise. They may need salvation. Now, this is not a salvation message, but the opportunity to be saved is going to be here. Now, God, uh, uh, you've had faith promise all throughout the Bible. Uh, the Lord Jesus God himself, you, you gave by faith promise. You gave your only son. And you got a whole lot more back. You got him back plus plenty more. And I'm one of them. Now God, I pray that as I teach this, this morning and tonight, there, was, there may be new people. They just need to step out a little bit and just get involved some. There's others that need to increase their faith promise and not draw back. Lord, the missionaries are coming home faster than we can send them to the field because of the funds. I, and I know we're in a rough time. I know economy's bad. I know everybody is, is hurting. But one way to increase their income is to give the faith promise. And I'll prove that today. And 
We thank you for it. Save souls that need to be saved, and we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give you a few things about this church at Philippi before I start the message. As you well know, the Philippian churches was uh, uh, in the city of Philippi, and it was book, this book was written to that church by the Apostle Paul. Uh, now, the first members of this church, well known by Bible readers, the, well, the lady's name there was Lydia, and uh, the seller of purple, another church member, was a, a man who was a jailer in a Philippian jail. We've all heard all those stories, so we know these people. And uh, so Paul founded this church of Philippi, and this, was, this letter was written 10 years after the founding of the church. Now, in this letter, the Apostle Paul is addressing them on some areas of their life. What you need to know that this is Paul as a missionary. You have missionaries that write your letters. Am I not wrong? Okay. This is Paul's missionary letter back to his supporting church. So please keep that in mind. This is a missionary that's actually receiving support from the church that he's writing to here. And uh, so uh, he's writing what we would call a missionary prayer letter. Here's a missionary writing back to a supporting church to give a report of his ministry, which we did that. We did that every two months. We'd send a letter. And by the way, if you got a missionary that won't send you any letters, I wouldn't send him any money. And all of a sudden, you'll get letters. <laughs> Amen? Very quickly. And uh, we spent uh, 25 years on the field of Australia, and we uh, never failed to send prayer letters to all of our supporting churches. Amen? But a missionary usually writes and tells some things that are going on in his ministry. There was a many a time I would write a letter and say, hey, we haven't had anybody saved. Australia is a hard, hard country. But so is America now. Amen. Not many people are getting saved nowadays, even in America. But anyway, you tell them what you're doing in the ministry. And usually in the letter, the missionary changed, uh, would thank the church for the contribution that they had made or the money they sent. And that's exactly what has happened here as Paul writes this. Paul has written three chapters on the ministry. And the fourth chapter basically is his receipt letter or a letter of appreciation for his monetary, their monetary contribution to him. And so Paul's writing a missionary letter to a supporting church. Now this church has two wonderful things about it. The church, number one, it had a... Good, local, strong base. Now, this, this place has grown in four years since I've been here, amen? There may be some faces missing, but there's a lot, a whole lot of new ones here too. Not many churches are growing nowadays, folks. So uh, you ought to thank God you got a good, strong base here. It was a strong church in its own right. So a chur- church that's going to have a global significance will have to have a, long, uh, a strong local base, Number two, this church had a long reach. And if you're going to have a global significance, you have to reach out of your own city. And that's the, the problem today is, it's me. It's just me and my house. I can't worry about everybody else. I got to take care of me and things are going on. America's basically become a selfish country. Amen? Why you say that? How many are joining the military today? We're selfish. We're, our kids won't give themselves. We're giving themselves to all this college stuff that's going on. It's a bunch of garbage, amen. But anyway, the people in this church probably didn't travel much further than their own city. And yet they were having a wonderful impact on the whole world by the fact they were having a long reach. 
Now, if this church is going to go somewhere, but yet stay here, the only way you can go somewhere and still stay here is either you get in the plate and go, or you support those who want to go in your place, amen? Now, the reason they were having a long reach is because they were involved in supporting a missionary named Paul. Now, let me talk to you a minute about a church that has global significance. What I want you to, to, uh, what we need to be able to do is we are commanded in Mark 16, 15 to do what? Somebody tell me. Go. Where? Into all the world. Wait a minute now. How can we go into all the world and still stay here in Augusta? I can't, I can't pronounce your city's name, save my life. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, you're in Augusta, amen. Hess, Hess, never mind. Anyway, up here. Uh, let me give you three short points on missionary giving and missionaries. Number one, I would suggest to you that our giving or lack of it affects the missionary. Now, what I'm trying to do is get you to see beyond the giving, see beyond the offering uh, plate and see what your giving actually does. Uh, Paul is telling them here what their giving did for him. Look at verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Number one, their Giving caused him to rejoice. Now, the one thing, I know I was on the field there for 25 years, and you'd, you'd wait every month. You'd want, you'd want to see what the report was. There was many a month I would rejoice, and there was many a month I wouldn't rejoice a whole lot, amen. And, uh, but the, 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 the giving, when you see that, that the churches that uh, support you are faithful, and it's there every month, man, you have joy. You praise the Lord for them, amen? If a missionary ever comes and tells you he doesn't care about your giving and just wants your prayers, he's either lying or he doesn't understand the program, amen? <laughs> they come here for one thing. They come here for money. Don't ever, don't ever look down on that. I mean, why do you go to your employee uh, in place of employment? You just go to your boss and say, well, I'm just here to, to work for you. Make sure you make plenty of money, and I don't care if I get anything or not. Is there anybody that does that? Of course not. You go to your employer, and you because you want to be being reimbursed for the work that you do for him. Well, that missionary, listen, we can't go into all the world. We can't preach the gospel to every creature. I couldn't be but one in one country at a time. But the fact of it is, I supported missions also all those years so I could get uh, missionaries to go in my place to other places I couldn't go. Our giving should be such that the first effect it has on the missionary is joy. Let me show you something about uh, the last part of verse 10 there. He said, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now, Paul wasn't saying here, you gave for a while and you quit giving because you lost your burden. They had, they had quit giving because they couldn't find him. You know, you understand they didn't have cell phones and uh, internet back in those days. So they couldn't find him to give to him, but uh, uh, they had a, this was a regular giving church. So the giving of the church creates joy in the heart of the missionary, number one. Now look at verse 14. 
Notwithstanding, you have uh, well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Our giving helps the missionary in their affliction, whatever that may be. Their affliction might be electric bills. Amen. They, you know, when you go on the field, they don't give you free housing. I found that out very quickly. And everything is, is three times as expensive, usually on the foreign field. Unless you go to Papua New Guinea or someplace like that in the Philippines. You, you know, it doesn't cost as much. But in Australia, uh, we were already paying $7 a gallon for gas a long time before you had any problems over here. Amen. But uh, they have uh, doctor bills and things. They, supposed to, they have to pay also. Amen. But when we give to a missionary, we affect him with joy and we affect, uh, affect them in their affliction. Look at verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. We take care of his necessities. We give to missionaries. We have an effect of them. We create joy in them. And we help in their afflictions and their necessities. Again, they have to buy groceries. They don't get it free. And everything's so, so much more expensive, usually on a forward field. But it, we've caught up with them. <laughs> Don't worry, we, America's caught, catching up, amen. Well, now, Paul makes a wonderful, wonderful statement in verse uh, 11 and 12. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Write this down. Our giving to our missionaries is important, but it's not necessary. In other words, we don't give to them. If they're God called, they're going to stay, they're going to work anyway. They're going to keep going for the Lord. As I say, we, we got to where we... We have more, more outgoing than we had incoming. We just, we couldn't go any further. But uh, they're just, keep, they're going to keep on going no matter what. So, uh, not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul's simply saying, I thank God for your offering. I thank God for the joy it causes and the necessities and affliction that it takes care of. But I want you to know something. If you don't, gonna, if you don't give, I'm going to go on anyway. I want to be able to say like Paul in verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. But uh, Paul simply say, I thank God for your, your support. I enjoy it. It's helpful uh, to me in a lot of ways. But I want you to know that if you don't give, I'm going to learn to live without it and go on anyway. But they shouldn't have to do that. They shouldn't have to do that. Secondly, not only could Paul go ahead and live without it because he was strong, because he knew that Christ was his sufficiency. Look at verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. What I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to build a case for the missionary here today. I mean, I've been in that spot, so I, I pretty well know how it works. Thank God we can have a part in the, mission, in the missionaries' lives and their ministries. But I, I don't want us to have a part where it makes it feel like the, we're taking care of some little pup that needs milk. Amen? I don't want us to have a part in missionaries' life because we pity though them, though I do a lot of times. 
I don't want you to have a part in missionary's life because you feel obligated, though you should. Again, if you can't go into all the world and preach the gospel, then if you don't support somebody, if you don't give to missions, you're disobeying God. I want you to have a part in missions giving folks because we see it as a privilege to be a part in God's program. Notice I didn't say the church's program. It's God's program, amen. He, t- he, he allows us to do it through the local churches. You can be a part of the loop that God uses to supply the needs of the missionaries. Paul said in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He said in verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We ought to see missions missions giving not as an obligation, but as a privilege. I mean, God may allow us to have a part in that man's ministry and that ought to be a delight, not a duty. I mean, we ought to rejoice when God allows us to take care of a missionary because to take care of a missionary, the, uh, uh, the first thing we do by helping him, we have an effect upon him. Just think. I can be a partner with him. I can be a part of what he's doing in Japan or uh, Korea or Australia or wherever. My money is partners with him. And at the judgment uh, seat of Christ, I will meet people that I've never seen before. But, I, but I've had a global effect upon. Uh, you folks didn't support me. I, I I didn't even know you were here when I was on deputation and went over there, but I would, I don't even know if you were here. 1990. 1990, uh, yeah. Well, 1990 is when uh, we left for the field. Uh, but uh, anyway, how did you do that, by, uh, Brother Bartlett? How did you have a global effect upon others? By giving to Faith Promise Missions offering. You say, you mean you were a missionary and you gave to Faith Promise also? I wouldn't give you two cents for a missionary that doesn't give the faith promise. I'm no different than you. I give the faith promise now. I mean, it's, it's not like I'm, a, I'm not coming here and trying to get you to do something that I don't do. I give every single month. Amen? Uh, we'll be glad at just see the Christ. We had a part in those missionaries' lives. Amen? So number one, our giving has an effect upon the missionary. Number two, our giving has an effect upon the church, South Haven collectively and you individually. Our giving has an effect upon us. It caused joy in the missionary, but now look at verse 17. Not because I desire a gift, but as I desire fruit that may abound to your account. You ought to underline those words, abound to your account. In verse 15, underline the words giving and receiving. <coughs> and, uh, so these three words, giving, receiving, and account, guess what terms of those are? They're banking terms, amen? What's happening here, Paul said, there's a transaction going on, folks. The transaction is you've invested, you've given support to a missionary, and because of that, you've been affected for good, and so 
I've been affected for good, and so have you been affected for good. And here's how. That fruit may abound to your account. You've given and you received, and now because of that, fruit will abound to your account. Now the word account really here really means interest being built. It means credit being established. It means something coming back to us in return because of the investment made. You mean to tell me that if I give to missions, I'll get it back? I'll guarantee it. I've been given to missions for 39 years, and I have never, ever, ever not gotten my money back. One way or another. You say, you mean I, if I give $1,000 a year, I give $1,000 back plus some? It may not come in actual dollars, but you, you come to find out all of a sudden your appliances don't wear out as quick, your tires don't wear out, the car goes a little further, you get better gas mileage. You say, you really believe that? I believe it with all my heart. I proved it. And folks, you, uh, may I say to you, when you give, you get. We all know this verse, don't we? Luke six thirty eight: give, and it shall be given unto you. Well, the opposite of that, though, is if you don't give, it won't be given unto you. But not only be given unto you, it'll be good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And I could add at the end of that, with interest. As we give, we have a good effect on a missionary. We have a good effect on ourselves because as fruit that will abound to our account, it does come back. So this month as you decide what you're going to give to mission, would you start out with the idea that I'm going to have a, I, I really do want to have a good effect upon our missionaries. And you ought to read their letters, amen. amen. Every one of you. Amen. I mean, take time to read what they're saying. And take time to pray for them. Uh, so, sometimes it just get lost. I, in the front of my, the, the guy that led me to the Lord, Reverend Ed Bragg, went, after I got saved in Milford, he went and pastored a church. I, in fact, he supported me while I was on the field. Lafayette Bible Baptist Church. Now, this is umpteen years ago. I keep his picture right in front of a Bible. And guess what I did this morning and I do on every anniversary of my salvation? I called him. We chatted for a few minutes and rejoiced and praised the Lord and he's still serving God. And I mean, that... So anyway, so as you decide you're going to give to missions, set up with the idea, I'm going to have a good effect by how I give. Keep in mind, it's also going to result in a good effect towards you. Look at verse 19. We use this out of context, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, let me explain that verse. <coughs> in verse 19, you underline the word need. In verse 16, underline the word necessity. Now we use these verses for a lot of good things and it's okay to do that, but I want to tell you the real context of this verse. I'm talking about the good things that happen to us because we get involved in mission. And verse 19 describes those good effects. In verse 16, 
we have the word necessities. Paul said, you've taken care of my necessities. Now, if you read that verse in context, who is, who is God going to supply the needs of? Those who are involved in taking care of the needs of others. You didn't get involved. Why should he take care of your needs? You won't help anybody else. Let's look at verse 16 here again. For even in Thessalonica you sit once and again unto my necessities. The church of Philippi was taking care of the needs of missionaries. In verse 19 it says, Because you've taken care of the needs of a missionary, God will supply your needs. In other words, those who gave. I'm going to read it one more time. But my God says, Supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So the question is, if I take care of the needs of the missionary, did God promise to take care of my needs? Amen. Yes, absolutely. Any way you cut it, that verse says that. Now, it doesn't refer to any and every uh, greed that you have. It said need, amen. And I believe God will take care of all your needs plus some of your greeds, <laughs> Amen. In context, it refers to a church that's taking care of the needs of missionaries, so he'll take care of this church's needs. And who's the church? Look around. You're it. <laughs> He's not talking about a building, amen. Now, in verse 19, look at the word need. The word need, if you look it up, it means to reimburse. Many a time in Australia, I'd go to the store. I'm sure your pastor does the same thing. You go to the uh, hardware store or something, buy something for the church. What do you do? You pay for it out of your own pocket and you don't, you don't keep a receipt or anything, right? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. No, he comes back with the money he spent on the church, gives it to the treasurer and says, I need to be reimbursed for this. I spent this on a church, so the church reimbursing. Uh, but my God shall reimburse you. He shall supply. He will pay you back for the investment that you make. So you sign your faith promise card and that's your sales slip. You put that, uh, that amount in the offering plate every week or every month or ever how you do it and God notices that and he's going to reimburse you. It may not come the very day or the very week or the very month, but over a year's period, you ought to take, you ought to take notice of, of the the wonderful things that came into your life that you weren't expecting that you really made out on. Amen. Sales or whatever, where you saved tons of money. <clears throat> but uh, he'll give back, I promise you, he'll give back to you over the years period. If we really believe that, we won't have any problem in giving to missionaries, amen? amen. Look again at... Uh, but my guess should supply all your need. What that really means is the needs that you have incurred because you gave. Uh, in other words, let's say you make a faith promise offering. You make a sacrifice and that will create a shortage in your budget. And of course it will. I mean, that's going out someplace so you're not going to get any food out of it. You're not going to get electric bills paid by it. It's just going straight to the missionary out of your budget. Well, God supply that, will supply that need you incurred because you gave to missions. As I say, I've been doing this for 39 years and I've never, he's never failed to reimburse me. I mean, uh, I, God has blessed 
me more than I can ever. I'm, see, I've been debt-free for 30, about 37 years. I, I had a, a, a Christian principles of finance class in, uh, in my Bible college, and I went ahead and got debt-free, stayed debt-free all these years. I've managed my money. I've, 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 I'm not rich by any means, but I have no debt whatsoever. My cars are paid for. My wife's car, my car, our house is paid for. Just did, two years ago. I am totally debt-free throughout. Why? God has blessed me beyond all measure. As I say, I, I'm not rich, but I don't owe anybody either. Now, some of you here today may have never been involved in faith promise giving. And some of you may be new Christians and you don't know any better. And maybe some don't give because you're going to be selfish. You're just not going to do it. There's all types in every church. But I'm going to beg you this year, in Jesus' name, would you please try it? Would you just see if it'll work? Would you believe that God will reimburse you? Will you believe that he will take care of that need that was caused by you giving up some uh, to, to get involved in missions? The whole point, folks, when we give the mission, the missionary is affected for good and you are affected for good. But here's the good part. Here's the better part. Number three, your giving will have an effect on God for good and pleasure. How do you prove that? Look at, uh, look at verse 18. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Paphrodites the things which were sent from you. Okay? So underline the word things. In other words, these checks that go out of here, that's a thing when it leaves the church. Amen? I mean, I don't know your missionaries' names, but ever who they are, each one of them received a thing, and they received that every month, yes, right? Yeah. So the church made a contribution to Paul, and it was sent by Epaphroditus, and so when it leaves the church, it's a thing. But notice the effect those things had on God. Look at the rest of the verse. An odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, ought to underline that, well-pleasing to God. Well, I'm going to give the mission so my pastor be pleased. Won't help you. <laughs> That's not the idea. You're not giving the missions to please your pastor. You're giving the missions because it's going to be well pleasing to God. When it left the church, it was things, it was dollars, but in, in verse 18, it was an odor of a sweet smell, a, a sacrifice acceptable. God didn't receive it as dollars. He received it in a wonderful way. The things you gave to missionaries may leave your church as, uh, from the office as a check in an envelope and delivered by a mailman, but they're things, uh, they're things. To the mailman, they're things. To the secretaries uh, at the missionaries' home church, they're things. But the mission, to the missionary, they're things. But to God, they are not things. They're odor of a sweet smell. During the transfer, it goes from a thing to a sweet smell. Smelling odor to God. Now here's the typology. In the Old Testament, there was an altar of incense. I'm sure you've been taught that by your pastor. On the altar of incense, they burned incense and smoke curled toward heaven. And there was a wonderful aroma and it was a pleasure to the nostrils of God. 
It was a form of worship. And when they burnt the incense, they were worshiping God. When we give our faith promise often, when you put in the bag each year, it's things that goes all the way through the channels to the missions, uh, to the missionary, but somewhere along the line, it becomes an odor of a sweet smell to God. He's affected by our missions giving. Let me add, or lack of it. Look at the last part of verse 18 again. A sacrifice will, uh, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. God knows it's right and pleasing to him if we do some sacrifice in our giving. It's an odor of a sweet smell and a sacrifice. Well, I give my tithe. God's, I'm sure that's an odor of, no, you, that's a debt. That's a bill. You don't, you don't get anything for your tithe. That, that's God's part. If you, don't, if you don't give your tithe, you rob. And by the way, if you don't tithe, don't get involved in missions because it's not going to work. Because if you're going to rob God of your tithe, he's certainly not going to bless you for giving the missions. Amen. Get that part straightened out first if you, if you have to do that. Well, look at the last words again. Well, pleasing to God. You may not agree with missions giving, but God does. It's well pleasing to him. And you will show how much you want to please him by how much you sacrificially give to the missions program. So remember, offering affects the missionary for good. It affects the church for good. It affects the God for good and pleasure. So let me challenge you this year. Allow yourselves to be a part of the faith promise missionary giving, please. I mean, let's approach this as we as a church want to have a global significance in this world. Now, I've said all that say this. Being a global significance doesn't mean you have to go there to start. To have a global significance, we start right here in your own hometown of Augusta. <laughs> and the outlying communities, amen. There may be folks here today that you're not saved. You have not trusted in his death, burial, and resurrection as of yet. I think it'd be terrible if we had, you had a global significance in all these other countries and not have a global significance in your outlying areas here. So we need to become missionaries right here in our own town. Amen. You need to still be witnessing here. You're, you're the missionary. Nobody has to, you, look, you don't have to pack up your, all your stuff and sell your house and sell everything you got and, and move to a country where they don't even like you. Australians don't like anybody. They didn't like us. I mean, after you get started, you know, it's, it's a different story once they get to know you. But So if you're here and not saved, we want to start a global significance to remind you that Jesus We'll save you this morning and take you to heaven if you trust him as your savior. Please be back tonight also. I've got uh, another, it's another mission message and uh, I really want you to hear it. It's, it's show you how, how you should get involved. But if you're not here and you're not saved, I'm gonna turn this over to the pastor as his church. Amen.